Ladies and gentlemen, this episode and every episode from here on out and one of the past episodes is brought to you by Electrum Performance. You can use our discount code OPENGUARDCAST25 if you want to become thick and juicy, ready for when quarantine is not done, or quarantine is done, rather. You can come out of there looking like a Greek god or goddess, depending on your gender. And uh, we want to thank them for always supporting the episodes. Plus, we have an awesome announcement. Danny and I are going to be going to Des Moines, Iowa, August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd for BJJ Woodstock put on by the man who runs Subspectrum at Jordan underscore Jitsu, Jordan Peitzman. Uh, so we want to thank him. I'm joined as always. My name is Jake Watson, joined by always Danny O'Donnell. And today... Our guest is competing this weekend at Submission Underground. That Roman numeral is 15, and it's for $10,000, <laughs> and we have Hunter Colvin. Hunter, thank what's, you so much for joining us, brother. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. All right. Well, um, you know, we are, we're really excited for this. I want to jump right into this bracket and uh, get your thoughts on it and a lot of different things. Um, we also have – I know Danny is uh, Danny's like the super brains – of the operation. I say that every episode because it's true. I'm struggling over here. My brain is Maybe. like, it's like a half of a baby brain. So, Danny, why don't you open up for us? So, you just want to start off uh, talking about your first match. You're going to be going up against Adam Bradley from Atos. He's a super tough competitor. I think you guys actually had a match at Subspectrum before where you came out on top, but do you want to talk about your thoughts just going into that match? Yeah. Um, coincidentally, it was on Subspectrum. Yeah, Jordan Peitzman, he put it on. Uh, last year, I think I was a brown belt and he was a purple belt. Um, very close match, uh, really good match in my opinion. Uh, went to OT and like it was an ADCC rules OT. And in that rule set, man, I'm really hard to beat. Uh, ADCC rules is where I shine, so it'll be uh, interesting to run it with some EBI OT rules and uh, see how it goes. I think um, I'm gonna end up getting the sub. I'm way better than I was then. I'm sure he is too. Um, there's been a little, you know talking back and forth and I, I you know a little uh, spicing it up so I, I think it'll be a good first match I'm uh, ready to show how much I've improved over the past year yeah I I've, I was very much looking forward to uh I as soon as I saw Heather post who do you want to see first round I was like don't mind if I diddly do I'm gonna go in there and, <laughs> and ask you know uh, I think that you two you two guys have uh obviously you're both exciting and you coming out on top, I think Adam Bradley a little uh, wanting to definitely get that back. Um, so I, I sure. saw the opportunity for a little bit of spice, and I'm glad that Heather listened to me and put you guys as the first, uh, the last of the first round. That's going to give you guys a lot of viewership. Yep. And uh, how do you how do you see the match uh, playing out? I don't like to Michael Sears it too much, but how do you see the mat uh, the match playing out? Uh, I don't want to give too much away but with it being a five minute match um i'm probably just going to like really come at him you know that's that's really short time to be mm -hmm. honest with you for a match so like expect it to be right out of the gate you know intense mm -hmm. yeah of course i, like I wasn't was... trying to I, was, I wasn't trying to get your game plan out of you i apologize that's what it sounded like that's more i'm glad you answered the question with what i intended for it to be asked <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I felt like that was how you came out at who's number one recently, too. You just were, like, straight out of the gate, like, just attacking the whole time. Is, is that kind of how you've been uh, approaching competitions recently, is with that same mindset? Yeah, um, the who's number one was even more so, though, because, you know, I'd been, like, cramped up in my house, not competing, <laughs> the corona bullshit. So, like, you know, th that poor guy, like, he got, like, six months of frustration, like, unleashed on him. Like, it, I was just, like, ready to go. It didn't matter who it was, you know. 
And like, uh, you know, I hadn't competed in jiu-jitsu since December. So like, you know, here we are in the summertime and like I was ready to go. Yeah, and you're already classically a very aggressive, very forward competitor. Uh, so yeah, having to watch um, your poor competitor deal with that, I didn't know that that was a situation. <laughs> but now I feel now I kind of just feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, that's gonna be very exciting. You know, uh, submission underground is a really. Uh, I first, I'm not a huge fan of EBI rules, but I think that every competitor on this card is going to make it very exciting regardless of the rule set. And I, I'm really excited. We have Cody Steele, Andy Varela, um, Garth Brooks. I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> uh, Brooks, Mason Fowler, Roberto Jimenez, Nathan Orchard, and you and uh, Adam. How do you think the other side of the bracket is going to play out? Let's, let's, uh, let's play matchmaker here. How do you see um, the other matches in the bracket going? Uh, I see Cody taking out... Um his opponent i see uh, mason fowler taking out his opponent and then i see mason fowler taking out cody if i had to put money on it i would say it'd be mason fowler in the finals along with me all right i like that i like the i like the confidence and i don't i don't disagree i think that uh fowler's very big um it'll be interesting to see how cody deals with that in the semifinals but all right you heard it here first before uh, before we got on the call, me and Jake were talking about Roberto Jimenez and Nathan Orchard and how that was kind of an interesting style matchup and how Nathan's done good in this rule set in the past. So what, what do you think about that match? Man, I was really surprised to see that match first round. Those guys are both yeah. absolute monsters. Um, with it being EBIOT, and um, it seems like whenever I watch Roberto, he does have like kind of a weakness with leg locks, which is where Nathan's really strong. I could see Nathan edging it out, but like that's one of those matches that's gonna go either way. But if I was gonna put money on it, I, I I'm probably gonna go with Nathan. Just it's it's his rule set. I, I just, he's an ex MMA fighter. It's in a cage. Like there, anything could happen. So he feels right at home. Have you uh, how, how often do you compete in the EBI rule set a whole bunch? Have you how much experience do you have in this rule set? Um, besides the three EBIs I've done, uh, not you know, a crazy amount. Uh, we train it at the gym, you know, um, but just like you said, I'm not, I'm not, a t you know, a huge fan of the rule set. I I've lived and died by that sword and EBIOT. So I'm kind of, you know, indifferent about it, but I, I, I prefer, you know, like sudden death points if we're going to do an OT. All right, cool. I'm glad we agree on that. Danny. So we kind of wanted to get into your background in jiu-jitsu too. So do you mind talking about how you got started in the sport and uh, pretty much just like your early beginnings in jiu-jitsu and grappling or wrestling or whatever you started with? Yeah, um, my dad like was in property management and like one of the properties he helped manage had like a little karate school and I always helped my dad with like work like here and there and stuff like that. So like basically... I asked him if I could sign up to karate school. I did karate for like age 13, you know, to my teenage years. And like we would do jujitsu on the side just here and there. So like um, I would, you know, know a little bit of stuff. And then my friends who were wrestlers would still like beat me up, you know, like when we were messing around outside of the gym and stuff, they'd like double egg me. And like I didn't know enough jujitsu to like really do anything. And like my karate was worthless against a wrestler. So I was like, okay, uh, I need to like really get into jujitsu. So about 18, I joined my gym Triton where I'm at now. And I've been doing it, you know, full time ever since about going on about seven, eight years now. That's awesome. And uh, with MMA, 
have you been doing how long have you been doing mma in did you start mma like do or sorry this is what i mean to ask with jiu-jitsu did you plan on getting an mma at the start yeah like whenever i started martial arts i i, I did it with the intention you know i've been watching ufc i did it with the intention to do mma and um i, I had my first uh amateur fight last march so a year back in march a year before that and uh, my first professional fight is actually a year in June. I've been fighting professionally for a year now. Mm-hmm. And I was—I remember talking to you. I was in the airport uh, on my way home from Florida this last weekend, and I got to have a, a little over the Instagram conversation with you. And I'm glad that you did um, what a lot of fighters do is they have a lot of amateur fights, and that comes with a little bit of a price, in my, in my opinion, in my uh, just kind of thinking about it. Uh, but you jumped right into professional as soon as you felt comfortable to do so and that was after maybe one or two amateur fights uh am i correct yeah for sure um to be honest with you i had before i had done my amateur fight i had done you know two combat jujitsus among like these just savages you know like high level guys i had done adcc trials i'd done a bunch of fight twins you know so when i went to amateur or amateur mma i was like this is a joke like this and like i'm not getting paid i actually had to pay money my first amateur mma fight i drove all the way to arkansas had to pay for my blood work just to get in there and make somebody else money and i was like man screw this and Funny enough, my first pro MMA fight was actually easier than my first amateur MMA fight. So, like, there's really no – I mean, it's just really all about money. Like, if you – if you like, there's some people who don't belong pro, like, 100%. But if you're, like, you know, an accomplished martial artist and you've been doing jiu-jitsu for a while, don't hang out in amateur long because you're just messing your head up for free. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing, that last sentence you said. I think that um, it's, it's a lot – it's a big risk because really – you're not. I don't think the human brain is meant to experience that kind of concussive beating against the inside of your own skull like that. So if you can avoid that, then you should, unless you're getting paid to do it. It's a game. You got to get in and get out, man. Because like, if you stick around long enough, you will, you know, get hurt. Mm-hmm. Talk. Uh, take me through a little bit of how your professional career has been going so far. It's been going great. Um, I, all of my fights have really just been ended with jiu-jitsu. Like, uh, you know, I'll stand a little bit and, you know, get my distance and everything. But, like, as soon as I hit the ground with these guys, at least at the level I'm fighting at, it's like uh, king, man. Like, they just immediately turn and give up their back, and then I'm on their back or I'm in mount. And then this last fight, or, the, you know, my second professional fight, I'd really been wanting to use elbows. You know, you can't – in Oklahoma, you can't use elbows as an amateur. So, like, it was finally nice to get in mount on somebody and, like, just be able to unleash elbows and, like, kind of, like, experience that. Um, my last fight was in February. I haven't got to fight since because of all this stuff. So I'm ready to get back in it. I'm supposed to fight again August 7th. So, so it'll be nice to actually get back in there. Awesome. For what promotion? Uh, Extreme Fight Night. They're um, – the bigger promotion here in Oklahoma. I'm actually very fortunate to have them. The fights are on UFC fight pass. They're like really professional. Like you wouldn't expect it being here in the Midwest, but, um, it's uh, right in my backyard and it's at a big casino. I, I'm really blessed to be able to fight for them. Awesome. That's awesome. So one thing Jake asked you was if you had like MMA aspirations when you started jujitsu and you can really tell from like your style that it seems like from the start, like you're trying to like get to dominant positions where you could finish fights. Um, so I listened to another podcast that you were on, um, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago. And you said that you felt like you were like more of a positional jujitsu competitor. Um, I, I might have the words a little bit wrong, but um, would you th- 
say that someone who values position over these like submission only guys that are just diving for submissions, do you think that positional style is better for MMA? Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, it really is just all about securing your position, opening the guy up with strikes, and then the submission will present itself or you're going to TKO him from the position. Uh, going for, like, submissions, like, from the top, like an arm bar or something, you know, like, why even risk it? Like, I can just stay in mount and, like, you know, like, I had this happen at who's number one. The guy, like, was just in bottom mount chilling. And I was like, this is so fake because if you're in MMA and bottom mount, you're getting destroyed. So it's just kind of, like, unrealistic martial arts in my opinion. That's why I like the points and stuff. If you get mounted, you give up four points or two points, whatever rule set you're in. And, like, that's realistic because you're getting beat up right there. Mm-hmm. And the rule yep. set is built for that progression, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The points are like awarded based on positional dominance, where you can finish a fight. And we kind of talked mm-hmm. about it last week. And uh, yeah, like your fights that I watched earlier today, like all were, went exactly like that. You got the takedown. You either got to mount, landed a bunch of strikes, and t- got a TKO, or the guy turned, you took his back, choked him. Yeah. It's, it's been easy so far. I know eventually I'm going to get challenged and I can't wait. That's what I live for, you know, like getting somebody that wants to like actually scrap and go at it. But um, I'm enjoying the easy doves while they last. Just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've uh, we have a uh, in Arizona, we have Iron Boy, which is I don't know if it's exclusive to Arizona or if it's exclusive to like the South West United States. But I, I definitely go there and. I used to tr- uh, train striking in different disciplines, wanting to, to be an MMA fighter before, and then I had this revelation where I wanted to do jiu-jitsu. But it, that still, like, little fire kind of kicks up in me whenever I go to one of those amateur shows, and I'm like, I could do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe maybe after a long time doing jiu-jitsu, I'll, I'll jump back in there, and we can both uh, we can both win championships. And Do you have any, like, um, offers coming in after, after fights to go to different states, like, more over on the Southwest or for different organizations? Yeah, I've had some out-of-state offers, but, like, it's going to be hard to get me away from this organization. Like, being here in my hometown and being as big as it is, like, as far as being able to sell tickets here and, like, make the most money, it's going to be really hard. I would have to, like, it would have to be a bigger promotion for me to want to move out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's understandable. Because we have Texas close here to Oklahoma, so, like, there's a lot of fighters that you can get to come up from Texas to fight. All right. For for like the region, for you to be able to be at home, I don't see why you would move either. So I, I can agree with you on that. Do you have any opinions on on where you'd like to go next? Like obviously you said it has to be a bigger promotion, but are you a bigger fan of like Bellator, One FC, the UFC? Are there any of them that like I know they all kind of have like their little niches, but or d- things they do a little bit differently. But is there any one of those that kind of stands out as one that you'd like to fight in for sure? Well, um. I'm not a big fan of Bellator. Like, um, if you're in Bellator, that's fine. Like, it's a great way to make money. They pay their athletes really well. Um, but at the end of the day, like, if I'm going to take the head trauma and all this stuff, like, I want to go big. So, like, I either want to do UFC or 1FC. I think 1FC is really neat being able to go over there. It's huge in Asia, and, like, it would be a neat experience to travel abroad and fight. So if I was going to make the step up to those huge organizations, it would either be the UFC or 1FC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the UFC, I think, is uh, now with all this happening, they're probably scouting as well mm-hmm. because you see all this stuff about fighters not wanting to fight for pay. And I think Dana and, like, the matchmakers are probably looking for, like, talent that want to fight, and you fall in that category. You can tell by how you fight that you want to fight. So I think special athletes like you are probably going to be ones that are looked at by those big corporations. 
I like 1FC. I like Angela Lee and, and Christian Lee. They're actually friends of mine, and uh, they're, mm. like, huge. They're, like, mega celebrities down there. Yeah. They live in, mm-hmm. they live in Hawaii. They just travel that way. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that 1FC, it's bigger than, like, a lot of people here think. They think it's probably just, like, Asian UFC, but, it like, it is, but it's even bigger down there than UFC is here, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard that it's the biggest um, MMA organization in the world. Like, it even surpasses the UFC in, like, views and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I think it'd be, I like, watching Gary Tonin fight on that, I think that's cool as shit. You know, he goes over there and, like, shows off his jiu-jitsu and, like, gets to fight, you know, in, like, Singapore and stuff. Like, I, met, I, I think it'd be legit to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going over to, you know, some Asian country to fight, you know, and get paid <laughs> a lot of money to do it. Going over to a nondescript Asian country to beat up a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, it's... They even sound real. <laughs> yeah, I love 1FC. I love how they're doing the hydration tests and, like, eliminate the weight cutting. I feel like yeah. the fights change a little bit. Like, the guys, it, it's subtle, but I feel like the guys fight differently. They have more energy. They're not so worried about gassing. And like you said, too, they have Gary Tonin and a lot of fighters where they have, like, different styles. It's not just, like, the sprawl and brawl UFC-type style. Yeah. They like jujitsu guys. They like all these different crazy guys who do different techniques. It's pretty cool. Don't even get me started, man. That that water testing is legit. I hate cutting weight. I absolutely hate it. So, like, I would love to get in there and be able to fight at middleweight. That would be pretty legit. But um, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. It is crazy. And, you know, you see these documentaries on, like, the UFC fighters. Like, man, watching Chris Cyborg, like, cry in the bathtub is hard, oh, bro. Man. Yeah, like, that's, that's the, like she And that's what she thinks she has to do. And she kind of does because she's – I mean, she's a, a gigantic woman uh, – Mm-hmm. She fights. What does she walk around like 185? She's like heavier than I am, and she's muscle bound. So for her to cut 40 pounds, that's how she makes it. But in the one FC, like they might. I mean, they're so nice down there. They might just make a new weight division for Chris Cyborg. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it is ridiculous. Like me personally, I cut about 30 pounds to make 170. Oh I'm my like, god. Uh, it's absolutely miserable, and like it's definitely not good for me, especially to go the next day and get punched in the head. But Oh as it sits right God, now, it's just Hunter. part of the score. <laughs> That's, dude. <laughs> bro, these, you're 200 bro, these guys, pounds, I forgot. Bro, these guys at 185 are huge, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, try, I've seen Chris Weidman in person, dude. That guy's not 185. That guy's like 225, dude. And that's, yeah, and man, th- I think that the more you talk about this, the more I believe in water testing, for sure. There, that's That's so unhealthy. Like, look at, yeah. like, Chuck Liddell. Unfortunately, I got to name drop him, but, like, the guy can not barely form a sentence now. And it's it's unfortunate. Like, that guy's a human being who, like, ch- his life changed detrimentally because of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, one good thing, though, that I'm fortunate to have is, like, being a grappler, I probably won't take as much head trauma as a striker. Like, somebody like yeah. Chuck Liddell who's standing and banging every fight, they're more exciting, for sure, but, like, they're taking mm. way more head trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like Khabib, who's on top of the world, not getting mm-hmm. hit as much, doing a better effective job. I like that. Okay. I hope well, even I'm look just at like, Damien. Like, Damien's like in his early 40s, and like he still seems like he's doing good. Yeah. I just care about the health of the people. Or, you know, the people who come on our show, I care about their health. I, I become their <laughs> pseudo podcast dad. Like, we're your pseudo podcast dad now. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you think there's any other way around the weight cutting besides, like, the hydration test? Because I, I think universally pretty much everyone who fights and cuts a lot of weight agrees that they feel terrible during, like, you know, leading up to the fight. And they're probably more likely to get knocked out during the fight. Like, outside of, like, 
everyone collectively just saying we're not cutting weight anymore. Is there anything that can really be done outside of the hydration testing, do you think? Or have you heard of any maybe good like ideas? Them, maybe, like, make them weigh, like, you know, um, a few hours before they fight, like, kind of like IBJJF style. But, like, even then, like, it's going to keep people from, like, really hydrating properly. So I think the hydration test is the way to go. But it's kind of funny because it's, like, not to shit on 1FC, they allow hydration tests, but then they, like, don't really test their athletes for steroids. So it's, like, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to make you cut weight, but you can also juice and, like, knock each other's head off. So it's, like, you know, I, I don't, it's kind of like a catch-22. Like, yeah, like, cancels it out. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be a healthy medium. Like, you got to test for yeah. everything, right? Hydration tests can't be that much more expensive than a steroids test. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of their heavyweights look like gods, dude. It's, like, ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Like ADCC? Like ADCC, yeah, dude, like... everybody looks like a Greek <laughs> god. I'm like, wow, cool. I get to watch freaking Poseidon take on Zeus here. Andre <laughs> Galvão versus Gordon well, Ryan. 100%. It's crazy. I Like, I would not, like, I would... Because uh, I don't cut weight either, so like I was gonna go to ADCC trials if I freaking get better at nogi. If I was gonna go to ADCC trials and do 88 kilograms, I'm gonna look like myself, <laughs> like right now, like I look like a dude, you know, like a skateboard for a living. Yeah, that's another way to do it. The ADCC, you know, if you have to make the weight the whole weekend, so you gotta, you know, go at your walk around weight. You know, if you actually get to the ADCC, that's. Mm-hmm. It's multiple yeah. days. Like, yeah, there's true. no way in hell I can make 172 days in a row. I'd have to cut my leg off. Yeah. I wonder if, like, or how many of these fighters who are cutting the, an obscene amount of weight, like you are, walk around at the same weight. And if they just enforced, like, a weight, like a lesser weight cutting rule and they just moved the weight class, the weight class requirement up, like, let's say 170 wasn't Walter weight. 185 was Walter weight, and then you have people cutting less weight, and then they just move every weight class up 15 pounds. Would that be healthier for the athletes? I would think so. I mean, it's flawed right now. It's like a terrible system. Like when I did EI, it was a morning weigh in. went and ate and rehydrated. I was back up to like 196 by the hours. I put on like 26 pounds. Hunter, are you perhaps in a microwave right now? Your your mic cut out. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, really? I was like, huh. Give me a second. I'm going to try something. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, it just came okay. out. We kind of got the – it sounded like you – I think you said you cut to 170 and gained 26 pounds. Hunter Colvin. We lost him. Uh, He'll be back. We lost him. He, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, Hunter Colvin, unfortunately, internet connection went out. It is now the Danny O'Donnell and Jake Watson show for the time being until we can get him back in the call. Um, I wanted to ask him too about – because it's like he's competed in really high-profile jiu-jitsu tournaments. He did EBI, he did combat jiu-jitsu, he does fight to win, IBJJF, everything, ADCC trials. But I was gonna ask him next if he has more like aspirations in jiu-jitsu or MMA, or if he just kind of wants to do both of them concurrently, kind of like Gary Tonin does. Mm-hmm. Or if he wants to do jiu-jitsu to improve his MMA and to keep right, on building his right. brand. Yeah, that's yeah. a good that's a good question too. Uh, I will actually probably never do MMA if I'm being realistic because I please, just have please not, don't please okay please well, don't don't <laughs> you know what's funny I, is everybody everybody I talk to who I tell them that I may do it one day because like I look at Dylan Danis and I want to like you know knock the guy's head off yeah whenever he posts See, like you could a picture you could of him well. with Jake Paul when he posts yeah. a picture of him with Jake Paul I'm like I can fight this dude right now <laughs> no like I I'm 100 percent confident you could do really well you could win a lot of fights it's just that. 
the training and like as you get higher level, you you just get hit a lot, and different people their brains respond differently to that traumatic. Are you, you saying know, I'm an idiot punches. and I can't handle it? No, I'm just saying I don't I don't want anything to happen to your brain. I care about okay, you. Sure. <laughs> care about the open guard cast. That's yes. all you care about. You want to take it out from under me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm I'm definitely not gonna because everybody tells me not to. Um, it's more of a joke. Like it's more of like a I could do it. But to be honest, too, with everything going on right now, um, our opportunity to commentate at BJJ Woodstock um, is going to be fantastic for us. I think that I could see me and you uh, going up and doing a lot of commentary for for different organizations. And I just feel like that's the future of the Open Guard cast is being the media that Jiu-Jitsu deserves. Like, we're going to have articles. We're going to have a website. So I'm not really worried about that. I think that that would be amazing. I can see myself commentating the UFC one day. And I'm going to hold myself to that and tell myself that I could do that. And I think me and you could be commentating freaking huge shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't need to worry about me getting in the ring. I'm going to stay on the mat. I'm going to do jujitsu, <laughs> be a Blackboard World Champion with a cool podcast. Maybe we Heck can commentate yeah. Submission Underground one day. Uh, you know, honestly, I um, I, I messaged Submission Underground. I said, let me know if Uncle Chael needs a guest commentator. And they <laughs> liked it. Really? They liked the post. So I was like, hmm, maybe one day. Maybe I could just go on there and be like, now, today, <laughs> we have some athletes. And they're all here for the same reason. $10,000 supplied to you by the baddest man in Westland, Oregon. Now, Roberto Jimenez. I met him last week. He beat Don Stoner. Crazy. Blew me away. Cody Steele, I've seen him before. Mason Fowler, I don't know who he is. Brooks, what's his first name? I don't know. But here's the real kicker. Hunter Colvin and Adam Bradley fought at Subspectrum. And they had a war. This bit's over. Yeah, oh, I can't. Dude, that was um, great. That's just an I was about to try and chime in and do my impression, but then everyone was just laugh. Let's hear it. At me. My Let's jail impression? No, <laughs> oh, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't even spot. think about it. Yeah, like, do it right now. <laughs> do it. Make me laugh. Uh, is uh, is Hunter? How's he doing on uh, coming back to life? Have we got him back uh, yet? Here we go. Yes. There he is, Hunter Colvin, right on cue. I literally said, "How's Hunter doing?" And then, boom, right back in the call. Welcome back, my friend. My fault, guys. I did not come prepared. I had a, my phone died, so I had to switch phones on you. Oh, you're Ooh. good. It's you like got two crystal phones, clear Kevin now. Gates. Yeah, one in each pocket. <laughs> oh that's mogul moves right there that's a that's a baller if i ever heard one well we were going in a little bit on your mma career and uh danny actually had a great question um in your uh, network absence danny has a great question for you yeah so i wanted to know because because you fought in a lot of high profile jiu-jitsu tournaments like uh ebi and uh, combat jiu-jitsu fight to win adcc charles stuff like that um do you feel like your MMA career comes before your jiu-jitsu career or do you have goals like in both of them that you're going to try and pursue simultaneously? Yeah, I've uh, I had this question uh, before. Right now at the lower levels, I feel like I can do both um, just because I'm not being challenged as much in MMA. I feel like at a certain point I'm going to have to choose because like the upper, upper echelon of jiu-jitsu guys are only doing jiu-jitsu and the upper, upper echelon of MMA guys are only doing MMA for the most part. Yeah. Um, for me, it'll probably be MMA. I just, uh, I love that side of it. It's, um, like jujitsu, but everything amped up. There's, um, more eyes, more money, more consequences. And like, I, I can only do it for so long. And I, so I just want to make a run at it and see, and then, um, 
jujitsu will just always be there. That's how I feel about it personally, but um, we'll just see, you know. Mm-hmm. And all so, this high-level jujitsu competition has to help. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful, man. It's like every single rep, you know, going to a weigh-in, you know, doing a walkout, doing a big super fight with lights in front of a bunch of people. Like, besides actually throwing hands, like, it, it, it is a rep for an MMA fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because the main guy who comes to mind for me is Gilbert Burns. Like, he just had one of the most incredible fights I've ever seen against Tyron Woodley. And uh, he competes in jiu-jitsu all the time, but it's not, like, his focus. Like, he doesn't seem like he's preparing for the specific rule sets he's fighting in. He just kind of, like, it seems like, at least from an outsider's perspective, that he's using the jiu-jitsu competitions, like you said, to, like, get those reps in, to keep his technique really sharp, and then he brings that into MMA. And it seems like it really helps him. For sure. He's awesome. He's one of my favorite guys to watch right now. I am... Really hope he can take out Usman, but um, I highly doubt it. Usman's a monster, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, Marty Usman. I think that uh, I think if like the cool thing about that matchup stylistically though, like Kamaru, obviously amazing wrestler, right? Good striking. We saw. I didn't. I didn't think his striking. I thought he was a rock'em sock'em robot until I saw him fight uh, Colby Covington, and then I realized that dude has some power. Like you're not just gonna break a jaw with a punch unless you have some power. Um, but Gilbert, man, Gilbert looked so. Like, you can't even deny how good he looked versus Tyrod Woodley. I thought he was – I honestly thought that was going to be a harder fight than what Gilbert Burns made it look like. I didn't think he was going to win. He had the performance of a lifetime. Like, yeah. Tyron, Tyron was flat, and Gilbert had the performance of a lifetime. And um, he's undeniable. And, like, Marty is uh, – Kamaru is like <laughs> – I, I, I don't want Kamaru knocking on my door like he did Ben Askren. Um, yeah. uh, uh, he's like – and it seems like he's in poor health. Like if you ever listen to him, he talks about how bad his knees are and all that stuff. Yeah. And like his body shutting down. So like if he doesn't come correct, Gilbert Burns is really hungry and I can see him losing that title. Man. And look at the, the welterweight division is like in shambles right now. You got Col- Colby Covington is like a bad dude. Uh, Jorge Masvidal <laughs> is acting kind of weird with the money situation. Um, who else is in that division? Conor McGregor is always like, I'm retired. Or I'm not retired. I am retired. And that's causing people to focus on him. And then you have Nate Diaz acting like he's retired too. And then Gilbert Burns is like, all right, I'm not going to be an idiot. Let's just go for this title here. Let me just slide in here. And he's totally doing it. And I hope he wins. I hope Gilbert Burns goes out there and quote unquote shocks the world. It wouldn't be a shock to me because that guy is grinding. Yeah. Yeah. He's like seems like he's one of the a few guys that are actually paying their dues and like going yep. through everybody and like not just trying to like talk their way into it. And like his turnaround time for the Woodley fight was crazy. Like he fought what was was the last guy before that Maya or am I getting that confused? Jamie he, his, Maya, yeah, knocked out he Jamie fought, Maya. He fought him and then turned right around and fought Woodley. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. turning right around to fight Usman now. Yeah, exactly. Like he wants it. He built that platform like treating MMA fights like the jiu-jitsu fights. Like, oh, I'll go to yeah. third coast, and then I'll go to submission underground, and then I'm going to go to fight to win. <laughs> it's like three weeks in a row. My, uh, just like, whatever. My buddy trains with him at fight sports, and like he says that he's like an absolute animal. He's like he's like one of the most athletic people I've ever rolled with. So I don't like it. You can tell. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, I kind of feel like the Usman matchup is kind of similar stylistically to the Woodley matchup. Just, just that he kind of he doesn't have as good takedowns as either of those guys, and both of those guys have really big punching power. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, what's he thinking about it before the before it unfolds? Is like, what's he gonna do? Either like pull guard to get to the ground or outstrike <laughs> them. 
So it's hopefully it goes the same way. Should be a great fight. I'm excited for it. I don't think uh, Kamaru will um, come to lose the way Tyron did. I think uh, Tyron really got messed up that first round, and he yeah. was really defeated. You can tell in the uh, I don't remember if it went five rounds or three, but you can tell in the last rounds that he was like uh, he was definitely down and he was coasting. He was just went, waiting for the fight to be over. You could tell he had like accepted defeat. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the attitude you can have for sure in MMA and in jiu-jitsu. Well, it's weird in MMA because, like, you know, in jiu-jitsu, if you accept defeat, you're, like, accepting, okay, this guy's better than me and losing. But, like, in MMA, accepting defeat is, like, yeah, you're accepting – you're doing the same thing, but, like, you're also not one to get knocked out. Like, Gilbert Burns was trying to knock Tyron Woodley out in that last round, and it was, like – he was, like, okay, like, I'm trying to be safe because I do not want to get slept right now. Mm-hmm. That's scary. It's a scary thought because then you got to kind of, like, avoid punches for the rest of the fight. And you might still get knocked out if you don't avoid them right. So that's got a mess. MMA is scary. I uh, yeah. I have a lot of respect for MMA fighters. I was telling Danny while you were uh, while you were on hiatus. Uh, yeah, I probably could do it. And then uh, Danny was like, "Please don't." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> uh, you know how I feel about it. I want to see you do it. I know. I <laughs> we had a you hyped me up. You got me. You got me going. I'm like a child when it comes to activities. If you just feel like, Jake, but you could. It's like, oh, I don't want to climb the tree, though. I'm like, no, you, you could, and you should. And it's like, mm, yeah, okay, I'll climb the tree. You don't want to get around me, then. I'm like the ultimate hype man. Even people, <laughs> all my teammates, I'm like, come on, dude. Let's just do one fight just to tell the grandkids. You know, just get one any fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> man, I, when I was a kid, I fought on Indian, uh, Indian reservations. I was 15 fighting like illegally <laughs> right but on the res it's legal whatever they don't care that's very oklahoma right there yeah that was uh that was in hindsight incredibly dangerous and uh yeah my father was like yeah good job and i'm like fighting without <laughs> headgear and four ounce gloves on in a cage as like a 15 year old kid i was definitely uh i got exp- i mean it had a walkout it had lights it had the whole thing it was literally an amateur mma fight Heck and yeah. I don't tell nobody that I have an amateur have an amateur record though because it was on a reservation. So mm. I'm not I'm not gonna say nothing. That's um, about as close to fight club as it gets, man. That was pretty rough. That was pretty ghetto. That, Herb Dean was my referee. That was no I actually way. totally forgot about that. Yeah, he came out. They like paid him an obscene amount of money just to be a referee for kids <laughs> MMA fights. Can you imagine being him being like, This is so illegal? Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I just I just refereed the Walter Waite title of the world and now I'm refereeing illegal kids <laughs> matches. That's gotta awesome. Get, gotta get paid, bro. Man, his voice is like nuts as it matches body. That's unrelated. Uh, Have you heard him speak on the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, real smooth, you know. He's real, real smooth, like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Really like refereeing. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's awesome, Danny. So we talked about uh, Gilbert Burns a little bit, and how he, you you mentioned that you really liked him. Did you have did you have like a lot of influences coming up, like watching MMA and Jiu-Jitsu guys who you kind of tried to to fight like or compete like? Well, the first guy for me was Leota Machida, man. Like being a karate oh, kid, I being a karate him. kid, I love Leota Machida, dude. Oh, Knocking that's Randy so Couture out, sick. The kick. That's so sick because that was mine, dude. <laughs> really, dude? dude yes. My last fight, he was in, he was at the promotion, like doing like PR work, and like he gave me a. Uh, my buddy ran into him and told him I was fighting, and he like gave me a shout out, and, like wished me good luck. Oh like, my god, my life, that's so dude. Cool, dude. That's so cool, man. That's he awesome. actually not only was like his striking completely unique, but he actually had a really good ground game too. I think yeah. he was he he competed in some jujitsu event. It's kind of slipping my mind, but he beat someone who was really high level. I forget who it was. Um, it was uh the wasn't that that for charity? Was it some, was it like Lovato? For charity? I want to say it might have been Lovato. I need to look it up. 
I shouldn't. I'll look it. I'll look it up. Um, but um, yeah, man, he uh, it, it broke my heart to see him get choked out by Jones, man. That's what and I was gonna say. I was like, how, broke how good my is heart. Jones that he put him to sleep? You know. I think it was yeah. off of him being rocked though. Which yeah, changes for sure. everything, dude. I've seen for some sure. crazy, amazing competitors get um get just like choked out. Uh, Damien Maya, I think, has been submitted, hasn't he? Yeah. So it's like, well, I was talking to one of my buddies the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, I got a, a a rear naked choke win over this guy in a cage fight," and I was like, "Really? Like that guy's a good purple belt, man? I, like, uh, that's impressive." He's like, "Well, I like elbowed him twice, and he needed like twenty stitches, so he like just turned over and a rear naked choke him." I was like, "Well, yeah, that helps out a lot." Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, he fought. Um, Jake Shields defeated Leoto Machida with a heel hook. He, wow. also, uh, he did beat Lovato. It's Professional Submission League, PSL. Wow. LA Sub-X. Holy that's shit. Crazy. I would never yeah. have guessed that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Bushesha fought Elliot Marshall, that show. That was a that was cool. Man, Fight to Win is a... Do you have any stuff coming up for like Fight to Win after this Submission Underground tournament? Let's go back to Jiu-Jitsu, your roots for a second. Um <laughs> Do you have any like stuff coming up with other promotions outside of the Submission Underground show that's coming up for you? No, um, honestly, I was um, I, got, I got lucky to be on Who's Number One in the Submission Underground, but like um, I had um, an offer to maybe do the 205 Jits King in August, but I think I'm just gonna uh, rather fight. I don't want to break you guys' hearts here, but like um, it's the <laughs> week it's the weekend before my uh, uh, fight schedule, so I don't think it's gonna work out. Yeah, well, probably... that, that would be good. That would make sense. Yeah. Well, I'll probably be like 177 by then, too. So 205 grappling match might not work. Oh, dude, you're going to be 20, what, three, 23 pounds into your weight cut? <laughs> yeah. Is, so you're fighting ridiculous. at welterweight then? Your next fight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man. Do you, Do you have ever plans think about to... just like, sorry, go, go, go. No, I was going to ask you if you had plans to move up because it seems like you're like, who's number one? You looked like a lot bigger than you had in, in the past. Maybe that was just me, but I don't know. You looked like really muscular and strong and. I don't know. It seems like your weight's kind of going up a little bit. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I fought 185 my last fight, actually. Oh, did I, you? Okay. I, I didn't enjoy it, so um, that's the reason why I'm going back down. I won, but like um, I could feel the strength difference, and I I wasn't in as good a shape as I am at 170. When I'm 170, man, I'm a machine. Like I feel great. Like no body fat. Like ready to go. 185, I can kind of be lazy and still make the weight. So like I kind of don't like doing that for myself. Man, that's still 15 pounds to lose, too. I remember, uh, I, I wonder, so you're, how old are you, by the way? 25. Okay, 25. Uh, so you're already kind of putting on, like, your, your close to 30 weight, I guess I would call it, which a lot of people do. Um, do you see yourself in the future maybe putting on extra muscle? Because you're already a big dude, like Danny just said. Like, you're a big guy. And I remember even back when you and I had our match uh, in Arizona in twenty January 2018, you were really strong. I uh, I don't know if I told you that, but you're a strong mother effort, brother. Um, <laughs> so do you have any plans to, like, put on maybe a little bit of extra muscle to go into uh, maybe 185 and make it comfortable? Yeah, we've um, – me and my coach have been discussing that, you know, um, trying to bulk up a little bit, but, like um... – I don't know, man, getting up there with those big boys and like they're really throwing it, you know, like I'd almost rather just cut the weight and play it safe. Like um, 
And for, in my opinion, 185 is a striker division. Like, if you look at the best 185ers, yeah. you have Silva, you have Adesanya, and then 170ers, you have GSP, you have Matt Hughes. Like, I feel like 170 is a grappler's division. Mm, yeah, that's a very good point. And also, um, I think the height difference, too. Like, Adesanya is like six, what, six three? Yeah. Tall dude. And yeah, I think that plays tall. a big, that there's a big difference as well for that striker division. So I, I I'm starting to the, the cogs are turning in my brain right now. I'm kind yeah, of and I'm I'm only I'm only six foot. Like mm-hmm. um, so, one seventy is really a nice weight class for me. Okay, well, for, I mean, cutting cutting one seventy for me would be fifteen pounds. So you're two hundred. My gosh, that's big for one seventy, man. Walking around two hundred, that's got to be an advantage. I mean, if you're feeling good and you feel healthy, then if anything, you could even kind of look at it as like an advantage, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, like they say, like a starved, you know, dog is a, you know, a tough dog. And like, that's how I feel about it. Like, I feel like a starved animal, like ready to get in there to kill. Like, whereas 85, I'm like a little bit f- more full, a little bit more content, not as uh, mean. When I cut all the way down to 70, somebody's got to pay, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or if you don't have jujitsu for six months. I was going to say, or if you're in quarantine. Man, who's number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, um... With this, who's I, I know you said you fought Kyle Bame, you fought Cody Steele, and you fought Adam Bradley before. Have you never you've never fought uh, Jimenez, Orchard, Fowler, or Brooks before? Orchard beat me at EBI and OT. Mm. But the In overtime? Guy, yeah. Okay. Okay. We had um, I just like first of all, I was 170 for that match day of, so um, I think. I think coming in at 205, 200, like I am for this one, it'll like be a little bit more to my advantage. Um, also, I, I had a tougher path than Orchard did, just to be flat out honest. Like he um, had a couple of guys who like I, I don't feel like were that tough. And then like my first match of that EBI was a uh, I think it's Victor Silverio, I think is his name, by Grace wow. Barra guy. So, I, like, I that just dude, rewatched that. That, that was dude crazy. was tougher than shit. So like after having that match and then like Tom Galicko second uh, round, I was like, holy crap, Nathan Orchard third round. And then after that, I had Cody Steele. I was like, man, they're not cutting me any breaks today. Mm-hmm. Dang. And I just I didn't even realize like that totally slipped my mind. This is an open weight bracket. Yeah. So you get to come in comfortable. Oh, yeah, dude. Super comfortable. <laughs> yeah. With And the, the rest of the fight is like Roberto doesn't walk around that heavy. Roberto, I think, is like 190. Or 195. One of those. Um, Cody, like, not that heavy. 185. Yeah. So I think, and I forgot that you're 200. Mason Fowler is probably going to be the only guy that comes in at that weight class. 205? Man. That's that's definitely going to play some. I think Brooks is probably the the, the largest competitor out of all of them. 270. Oh, my God. That's a lot bigger. That's a lot bigger than uh, I thought. I thought it was maybe 220. But uh, I'm not yeah, sure about big... that. But she, one of the posts that um the promoter made, she said that the uh, weight ranges from 170 to 270. <laughs> so like, I assume it's him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's well. Yeah. I would assume the same. That's so crazy. you mentioned that uh, fighting at 170, you feel really good. You feel lean. Like your cardio is really good. Does that change for jujitsu? Does would you rather fight at a lighter weight, or does it is it different in between MMA and jujitsu? Like where what weight you fight at? Without punches coming into play and punching power, I, I like to just compete at my weight class in uh, jiu-jitsu, like uh, 88 kilos, 193. Yeah. Um, I feel like I can hold my own grappling, uh, whereas, you know, when you get those striking power coming in, and like, I would prefer to cut the weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I noticed you were, I noticed you were absent from uh, 2019 Nogi Worlds in the Black Belt Two- Division. 
Oh, yeah, I had gotten my black belt the month before, so I didn't have time to qualify. Oh, I forget you have to qualify for Nogi Worlds, too, now. I don't think you had to before. No, you never did. So it's like just when I got it, so I missed out. I was I was actually really bummed out about it. Dang. Yeah, I think did, a lot uh, of people found out like right around the time of the event that they had to qualify. Mm. And so it seemed like a lot of people missed out on it this year or this past year. Yeah, I got lucky. I just went to Nogi Pans like just going because I wanted to. And then all of a sudden it turns out that I qualified. I was like, oh, cool. Looks like I qualified. And I got choked. But uh, that's unimportant. Um, did you end up doing the uh, ADCC trials? Was it 2018? Because 2019 was the actual tournament. 2018 was the trials. Did you end up doing that ADCC West Coast trials? Yeah, um, I did. A, so West Coast trials in February. And... Um, I actually like got three Tenth Planet people. Like if I remember correctly, I got one Tenth Planet guy that I don't remember. The second round was Micah Breakfield. Um, the third round was um, some other guy I don't remember. Adrian I think he's, from, he's from Arizona. Adrian uh, Ness. Adrian, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the I fight him round, all the time. Oh, is, is he when you guys train together? No, no. I, I used to know. train with him. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he trains at Saint Crazy Baja Santa Barbara or something like that. Mm. Um, he used to compete a lot more in Arizona in our local scene, and I competed against him from purple belt all the way to black belt. Sure. Um, fourth round, I ended up uh, getting hinger, and like I ended up getting beat by points. Mm. I survived Dang. the hinger team, though, man. I was proud about that. I wish I survived the coma team. If I can't <laughs> survive the coma team, how am I going to survive the hinger team, dude? I got to move up. Shit. Um, he's good at he's good at that shit, dude. Super I know, good. dude. It hurt. It fucking hurt my ego and my neck. <laughs> <laughs> All both of them got hurt that day. Uh, did you, and you did the East Coast trials too. Yeah, you don't want to get me started on that one, dude. Oh, I do. Upset? Let's hear about it. So I was on fire, dude. Like, just could not. One of those days, I couldn't be beat. I had this like really tough first round with this dude from TriStar, and like we're hand fighting the whole time, and they go points. And, like, dude, this guy starts kicking my ass. Like, he, like, threw me, like, twice, big throws, like, just beating me up. And, like, I ended up double-legging him, and it really changed the pace of the match. I, like, double-legged him on his head. And, like, I think it, like, stunned him a little bit because, like, he was not the same after that. I ended up taking his back, choking him. It's one of my favorite matches of all time in my career Um, just because I had to overcome basically somebody beating me up for the whole, you know, four minutes and then coming back in the last two. Um, beat him second round uh, easy third round was like a UFC fighter easy fourth round one by two so I'm in the semifinals and I'm going against Dan Martinez and um, uh, basically we're going back and forth nothing's really happening we go to OT so he has to stand with me and I'm like oh you're, you're in trouble because you have to wrestle with me I, I knew I have better wrestling than Dan um, really good guard really good leg lock so I was having to like keep away from that I suplexed him I ended up scoring two and, like, within, the, like, the last couple of minutes, um, I'm trying to, like, body lock pressure pass. I'm, like, tired as all get out. I don't feel like I was stalling, but I got a couple of stalling calls. I got two, so that's negative two, 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 and it oh, goes to rest man. decision, and they give it to Dan, dude. That broke my wow. heart because I would have went to the finals with Alec Balding, and I think I could have won that match and been in ACC, but um, I'm not kind of, like, one of these, like, guys who complain a lot. It's just mm-hmm. the, the facts of the tournament, so I'm going to come back stronger for this next East Coast and um, make sure that shit doesn't happen again. 
Dang, dude, that's an impressive performance, though. And I've been looking out because I know that you're a very good nogi grappler, and you're like we were talking earlier about you being more of a positional grappler. I feel like that is something that's kind of foreign right now. I just got back from Jits King, and I was watching a lot of the competitors like Oliver Taza, Jason Rao, and it's a lot of like the Danaher style leg entries, but not a lot of fundamental positional advantage jiu-jitsu, which I feel like beats that. I feel like anybody who's really good at staying away from the leg entries or fighting out of them and getting good double underhooks or stay, keeping their knees back, they're going to beat these guys because it's almost like they realize how effective it is and they do that only. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? So a fighter yeah. like you who comes in and is like thinking, okay, I'm going to pass your guard and I'm going to stay safe while doing it. That's the kind of competitor that I think does really well at ADCC. I mean, look at the guys that won. And speaking of that stalling call you just talked about, I don't think Boucher should have lost to Gordon Ryan in the absolute final. He wasn't stalling. Gordon was yeah. doing just as little activity as him, but they gave Boucher the penalty, and that's what lost him the match. I was like, no freaking way, dude. That's so unfortunate. That's what so pissed me ADCC off, man. Is weird. Because like the actual ADCC, when I was watching it, I was like, there's people that were like going way slower than I was going, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, and not getting stuff called. So I just, you know, chalked it up. That's that's referees for you. So what are you gonna do? Well. Uh, for one, I hope that when you go back, I'll be uh, – hopefully when I go back, Open Guard has to be commentating ADCC. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I hope when you go back, dude, I'll be rooting for you because that's uh, that's a crazy awesome uh, – that's a, that's an awesome tournament performance. I mean you go to West Coast, do well, and East Coast. And you fought Micah Brakefield, who I fought too. Did you ankle lock him? Rear naked choke. Uh, well, I ankle locked him, so. I suck at leg locks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually funny. fought Jake him just... at Submission Underground. Oh, really? Yeah, Submission Underground 5. Wow. They, they did not, I had to pay for my own flight, and they didn't pay me. It was horrible. My, my uh, foot uh, has felt the wrath of your ankle lock, too, so I, I feel for him. Dude, our fight, like, I just want to say, our fight is one of my favorite fights ever. That was a dog fight, bro. Like, that was honestly a super awesome fight. I remember uh, after the fight, somebody asked me, um, they asked me, like, Dude, like that was an awesome submission. I was like, do you understand that I was fearing for my life the entire fight? <laughs> like, that, whatever, man. Like, the end of the fight is what it is. But I, you had me in some really crazy spots. And I've never had somebody talk to me during the fight, by the way. Never in my <laughs> life I had somebody talk to me as much as you talked to me during that fight. Dude, Connor yeah. had me like, he was like getting up here. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I was on one that night. I was having a little too much fun, but uh, that's just how it goes. I loved that match. It was a great match, man. That was a good match. I'm glad that we became awesome. friends because of it, too. For sure. I remember sitting front row for that and wondering what you were saying to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> after uh, after I unsuccessfully – so the ankle lock, it popped your foot, I think. And Yo, yeah, it, like, it hurt my foot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you said – my coach was like, do it again. And then you said, yeah, do it again. <laughs> and I was like, do you remember what you said? Because I remember no, what dude, you said. I, I feel like I'm, like, not even myself when I'm competing. You know what I mean? I feel like that's, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, I just yeah. go somewhere else. That's so funny, dude. You were speaking some funny stuff. Like, I remember um, we had a really big, wild exchange. We almost went off the mat, so they reset us. And you said, you patted my stomach and said, don't die on me. Because <laughs> I was really tired. Yeah. And I was like, this dude's not tired? I was like, oh, my God. And then um, when we stood up, you put your forehead against my forehead. And I didn't know what to do, so I just pulled guard. Man, it was a good fight. It was a, yeah, it was that was a really, that's really a good fight. that's one of my favorite pictures, man. That's uh, I remember that picture. Um, I remember at weigh-ins, uh, I was like, uh, I was like 
from what I'd seen, you know, you like seem like a fr- like a real friendly guy, you know, real like nice guy. And we get in weigh-ins, and you're like, like really intense, like like mean mugging me. I was like, oh <laughs> man, like we're gonna bring it tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Seth, Seth was like, uh, Seth told me I was gonna lose basically at the weigh-in, so I was like, fuck you, like nice. You can't tell me that, like it's rude. Thanks for motivating him, Seth. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Nay, all Seth did was, in a roundabout way, bring you on the open guard cast. So we got to thank him for that. We thank you, Seth Daniels. It's all been leading up to this moment, honestly. It's all been leading up <laughs> yeah. to this moment. And if and uh, we're gonna definitely have you back on uh, if you if you do end up coming out on top this weekend. Even if you we're definitely gonna have you back on. Well, you know what? We're gonna have you. I meant like immediately. I meant like we'll have him back on again. Just Not celebrate. obviously. We're gonna have him back on again when he's freaking one <laughs> FC champion, and also yeah. before that. And also before that again, probably because we like to have people on here again. Um, dude, that what? Okay, let's say you win the ten thousand dollars. What are you gonna do with it? Man, you don't hear. I'm gonna like the lamest answer. I'm just gonna put it in the bank. Boom. That's what I said too. Nobody liked it. Nobody, Nobody liked likes it. being conservative with your money. Like, let me just <laughs> no one lie. likes responsibility financially. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna buy a car with it. How about that? Mm-hmm. Except for Danny. Danny has like a master's in finance. <laughs> Danny's out here. He's like, oh, I, I get hard. So he, appre- gotta, <laughs> he appreciates it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just, that brings me to another question. Um, I feel like in jujitsu, like obviously there's not as much money to be made, but in MMA, a lot of times guys pay a lot for their camps. Like they have to pay their trainers, or like they might have a manager or something like that. Um, so do you do you feel like MMA is actually like can be more lucrative, or do you feel like it's only more lucrative like at the top of the game? It's more lucrative all the way throughout. All the way throughout, okay. Yeah, dude, wait, it's like night and day. Like, not to like, it's just like, even at the lower level, it's way more money. Yeah, I've just been thinking about that, because you hear about guys, like, paying thousands of dollars for their camp, and just, like, traveling to train, and they they invest a lot into their camp leading up to a fight. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, you're kind of just training with your team, and um, so, yeah, I was just kind of wondering, because I've heard that topic come up before, that, like, if you're at the top levels of jiu-jitsu, like a Galvao or a Gordon, you can make a really good living. Um, but some of the lower-level MMA fighters, they really, really struggle. Yeah. Um, I'm not at the point where I'm, like, going and, like, seeking a camp, so I can't really speak on it. Like, if I get into the UFC or 1FC, like, I'll probably, you know, go to an actual, like, big fight gym, like TriStar or something. Yeah. And, like, kind of do, like, what Ryan's, Ryan Hall's doing. But, um uh, I, right now I manage myself. I train with the team. I train with jujitsu. So I don't like have any like overhead right there. Yeah. Have you ever considered like, uh, I remember Tito Ortiz used to train in big bear for every one of his fights. Cause the elevation was so high. Have you ever looked into something like that? Like, let's say down the line, you're fighting for a huge organization. Yeah. I'd probably go to Colorado cause it's close. If I was trying to get some high altitude stuff going and, um, what's his name? Uh, is it Trevor Whitman? Trevor Whitman. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a pretty Gigi. big fan. Yeah, I'm a, a fan of him after that Gaethje fight, man. He's, he's a genius. Oof. Gaethje. That guy, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what he's going to do, too. What, against Ouch. Khabib? Against freaking anybody, dude. That guy's yeah, nuts. Yeah, but yeah, guy against has, like, Khabib something. especially. Do you want me to spoil it for you? Yes. You're going to spoil he's... something that hasn't happened yet? Let's do it. Yeah, uh, he's going to get beat up by Khabib. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's probably how a lot of fighters are going to Go if, against you, if you look at it on paper, it should make sense that Gaethje could do really well. He's a really good wrestler. He can, put to, like, theoretically, he can sprawl and brawl. He has better striking than Khabib, but 
every story you hear about Khabib in training is just that he's like taking down Daniel Cormier. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's probably gonna get body locked, taken down, and probably choked. Like Connor. his legs wrapped up, and he's gonna get shit talked to him the whole fight. I deserve yeah. the title. You know this. <laughs> I must be champ. You know this to be true. Man, <laughs> he speaks in like proverbs. The Mike, poor Michael Johnson guy was getting his face pounded in and like literally getting proverbs spoke to him. Yeah. Like, dude, stop. <laughs> I'm so upset. Just, I would be so upset if that was happening to me. Everyone he fights just looks so defeated when they get back up in between rounds. I felt like Edson Barboza. I felt so sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. And look at Connor. Like Connor said, uh, like Connor say, it's only business. Yeah. And then Khabib was like, like looked at him like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Did you really just say that? Okay. So you do that. You talk in jujitsu. Would you talk during an MMA fight? Do you? No, 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 man. I can't swing it, dude. I need to get that. I got to get my groove on like I do jujitsu. Maybe that's because I'm not worried about getting hurt. But um, that's true. Like I want to get more comfortable in the cage so I can be like that. I think it would help me like sell my brand more. But um. I'm still too green to be that way. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm fighting. You know what I mean? Okay, for sure, for sure. That I just was wondering. I like as soon as I had that revelation in my head, I was like, I wonder if he does that because that'd be that'd be so funny, dude. Like, oh, that would be well, hilarious. I, to be fair, I've also not been challenged yet either. You know, like when I'm going yeah. with a guy like yourself, you know, like I'm getting challenged, so it's like, oh, like that part of me is like excited. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas like these guys I've been going with, I almost like feel sorry for them because like uh, a lot of them, like my last fight was a guy that like my opponent pulled out the day of weigh-ins. I was supposed to fight a Muay Thai fighter from Texas. He pulled out the day of weigh-ins. So, like, they just found a guy. And so, like, there's there's no fun in fighting somebody like that. You know what I mean? That's so, man. And that's the worst part about low. One of the worst parts about low-level low MMA is people feel less, like, like, that's wrong. That yeah. guy who pulls out day of weigh-ins, unless he has, like, some actual horrible injury that the doctor says, dude, this guy cannot fight. Yeah. Then, but if he pulls out because he's, like, not feeling well, it's like, dude, some people like that's not a good excuse. You like, you committed to this. You signed a contract. Like you got to do it. Like that's sorry. You're a human being. Yeah, and they rake you over the coals with my contracts at the lower level, man. They uh, it's not like a thousand to show, a thousand to uh fight or a thousand to win. It's a thousand to fight, a thousand to win. So like I don't get paid unless I fight. You know, like even if I show up and make weight, I still don't get paid. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that like for a fighter like yourself who's honorable and is going to stick to it, like that's that should be kind of the same, but that that should give I just don't understand pulling out the day of a fight. I don't know. Me neither, especially when I make weight, man. I was so mad at that guy I couldn't see straight. <sighs> well, and you made weight 30 30 I can't get over this 30 pounds, man. 30 pounds. If I lost 30 pounds, I'd be 150 pounds. <laughs> Can you imagine me at 150? I would look like a skeleton. You literally look like Jack Skellington. Did Jake I? Skellington. Like, I used to live on the, a third floor apartment building, and like I, I was so weak at some point in times, like I couldn't go walk my dog. I'd be like, I'd be like crawling down the stairs basically to walk <laughs> my walk dog. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, go go free. back. <laughs> the crazy Dang. thing is, like all your opponents are probably 200 pounds as well walking around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and the shit thing is, is like that last fight where the guy, um, I, it was for 185, and then he like pulled out in uh, uh, the day of weigh-ins, and then they're like, well, this guy here is 191. Will you fight him? So like, it, like I technically I've had a light heavyweight fight. Yeah, true. Well, that shouldn't, uh, and that's such a horrible situation to put you in, because now you've been preparing for this guy, game planning for this guy, and then you just have to fight someone else. 
Well, they got me by they got me by the throat too, man, because it's like I've sold all these tickets to like hundreds of people, and then all my sponsors, and I, you know, I need the sponsorship money, so I have to fight, and so like I don't really have a say in the matter. I like they really got me by the throat. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry I had to go through that, but uh, you won. Yeah, it worked out. So I mean, it was a quick, easy fight. All right, cool. Well, at least you won. You can just be mad for a couple more days, and then be like, oh, go out to dinner, eat some ice cream, and you're good. Do you sure, eat especially... unhealthy after the fight? Oh yeah, dude. You don't even know. <laughs> I do want to know. I do the same thing, dude. No, this is what Jake wants to know. Actually, he has this like big plan for how he's gonna start gaining like, weight. So I'm like a Ben and Jerry's connoisseur, man. Oh man, you know I I gotta go down to Oklahoma and uh, we gotta get some food because I have this plan after this third coast tournament this weekend that I'm going to I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go and make a YouTube video of me eating fifteen thousand calories in a single day. What are you gonna, gonna do it can... with, dude? I don't even know. I don't know how I'm gonna <laughs> do it. I don't know how it's gonna work out, dude. Yeah, Whenever I have no my, idea uh, how it's gonna work out, dude. Whenever my buddy Jams, he uh, did the last DBI, he cut down to one thirty-five. He walks around to like one seventy, and he was watching. <laughs> He was watching all of these videos on like like fifteen thousand calorie challenge, twenty thousand calorie challenge, just sitting there like watching it, like you know, being envious. I'm like, dude, yeah. you gotta try that sometime. The same thing, dude. I I after I had to cut. Well, I I was like one ninety three in quarantine, but I was eating like really really unhealthy, and so I was watching all these videos of people doing these challenges. When I started to get on a diet with Natalia, who is my dietitian. <clears throat> and uh, I remember being like, dude, I got to do that. Like, I, I have to. I, it's my calling. It's what <laughs> yeah. I am. It's so important to me. After every single fight, I always make up points to eat unhealthy because I feel like I earned it. Like, it's like a way of something like, hey, I won or I went out there. I fought. I cut the weight. I worked hard regardless of the result. I earned this. Yeah, the feast after the hunt, man. What's your uh, go-to after a fight? Man, I love Mexican food. That's kind of like – and I love Indian food too. We got some pretty dope Indian buffets if you like Indian food here. Well, I I mean food. like curry? Yeah, man, like tiki masala and shit. Oh, okay, okay. That's good. I would try it. I would try it for sure. I mean, I had a uh, I had Peruvian food this last week and I forgot how good Peruvian food is. Have you ever had that? No, what is that like? So it's like uh there's like a really common Peruvian dish is lomo saltado and that's uh skirt steak with rice and french fries. Mm. So that's good, dude. It yeah, is good. Dude, good. It is filling. It's super filling. And uh, and there's like chicha morada, which is like a purple corn drink that tastes like berry cinnamon. It's all. It's like berries <laughs> with cinnamon. It's freaking awesome. Man, now I'm so hungry, dude. I am. <laughs> I'm hungry now. How this quickly do you usually get back up to to around 200 after you make 170? Before the fight. Oh like really? Oh yeah. my god. 30 pounds before a fight. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's 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 not healthy for sure. It's mostly just water. I mean, obviously you're eating too. You're trying to. Yeah, I try know. to like eat clean. Like, dude, I'll tell you one thing. I tr- I messed up, dude. I like <laughs> my first amateur fight. I cut down to 170, and like I just decided like I was just gonna eat. Like I broke basically. Like I made the weight, and then like I was like I'm just gonna eat whatever I want. And so like we went and like I had like fajitas or something, something like absolutely stupid. And like because I was like not worried about the fight. I knew I was gonna beat this kid. And so, like, I'm, like, eating, like, fajitas, and, like, I can't, like, I couldn't keep any of it down. It was, like, the worst thing ever. I was, like, so messed up that I, I couldn't walk upright. I had to, like, hunch over and walk hunched over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, to to do the weight cut, this is a question that I've, I've experienced myself to cut weight when I was uh, 16. Um, 
Do you ever do an Epsom salt bath? Yeah, all the time. Dude, those suck, bro. You ever done an Epsom salt bath before, Danny? No. So basically, the way I did it is I covered my entire body in Albaline, which is makeup remover. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's laughing because he's done this or laughing because it's weird. Uh, but you cover your whole body in Albaline. Makeup remover uh, essentially opens your pores and forces your body to sweat. Uh, and then you fill up an, uh, a bathtub with just above comfortably hot water. So like just uncomfortable. Uh, you put magnesium sulfate, which is Epsom salt in there, just a nice amount. And then you get in there and you have somebody pour Epsom salt on top of you and you just sit and it basically sucks all the nutrients and all the water out of your body. It's like a sauna's – it's like the sauna's like whore sister. It's awful. It's, <laughs> it's just the worst. You, so, prefer, you, you prefer the sauna? Or the essence. I don't that. like cutting weight. I, I hate cutting weight. <laughs> I actually Anything love going into saunas, but I'm not cutting weight when I do it. I'm just, you know, relaxing and hey, you get out of the sauna, yeah. and drink some water, and you drink some, yeah, water, exactly. some water, and you feel better. But uh, when I did, so it, I don't know why I said that because it's not cutting weight. <laughs> you stay in there for 30 minutes, Danny, and then you get out and you wrap yourself in like a, a towel and you sit and you just sweat. And you put like a, a wet towel on your forehead to make you feel better. And then you just sit and you die for like 15 more minutes. And then you get back in the Epsom salt bath for longer. And then you just – dude, I cut 13 pounds in a day one time. And that was freaking awful. And then I gained it all back that night just like Hunter's saying, dude, it's not good for you. That is – and I did that when I was 15 years old. So that was <laughs> yeah, like – dude, I looked like a I, – my spine like poked out of my back. It was insane. <laughs> what weight did you get down to? I went from 130 pounds to 114 pounds, and then my my opponent, <laughs> I had to get a new opponent like 100 seconds, and I went up to 130 again. So I basically cut weight for nothing. I went through all that, dude. Pancreation, like lower, like kids MMA was the worst. It was it was it was cool. I had a lot of great opportunities to go around the world, but it was just weird. Yeah, but you did have some. Do you do have some salts like that? Like I I saw you like laugh when I said Albaline. Do you put the Albaline on? Uh, I, I've done like stuff like that before, like sweet sweat and stuff like that. I'm sure that's all it is. Pretty much, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, all that crazy shit, dude. It's so stupid. I hate it. God, it's the worst, man. And then like you literally feel like a raisin. Like your 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 <laughs> fingers get like the weird, uh, you know, the biological advantage when you're underwater too long. Raisin fingers and. It's just, uh, man. It's yeah. Talking about cutting weight sucks. Like even dieting, I, I hate. I don't mind it for, like, if I'm competing locally because, like, I can just hang out at my house and, like, distract myself. But, like, I, one of the fight to wins down in Dallas, I had to make 177 for it, and, like, that was miserable because I had to, like, cut all that weight and then drive all the way to Dallas. And, like, that's that's where it gets rough is when I have to oh, travel. That's true because you, tr- you have to fly to Dallas. If I drive to Dallas, that's a 13-hour drive, and I don't want to do that. It's four where I'm at. Okay, yeah. I For me, it's – 13 or 15 hours to drive to dallas if i had to drive to vegas i'd probably do it because that's for us like four hours here in arizona but uh yeah i can't imagine driving even one hour as hungry as you probably are cutting to 177 for sure but um that was um the cody match and that was like a good example of like weight cutting like working well because like i don't think cody uh, Cody cut any weight for that match like i think he walks around about 180 Mm -hmm. and like i I cut 20 pounds for it and so like when i got into the match i just felt so much stronger than him so yeah weight cutting does you know help out and there was a size advantage for that match i remember you won by you won by leg lock right 
Yeah, heel hook. I'm surprised. I, I couldn't even believe it. Now, I was about to say, <laughs> earlier you said you're not good at heel hooks, and you heel hooked the guy who is good at heel hooks. Right? I didn't expect or, well, him to attack my legs. I was so surprised he attacked my legs. Yeah, because he's more of a wrestler, kind of, as well. That's where I thought it was going to happen. He moves a lot. I saw him at Jiskin. He's moving. He, like, is all over the place. Yeah, his match with Alec at who's number one was amazing. Oh, that was one of the best matches of the night. Yeah, yeah was he was a sick match. They were going at it. So do you have a favorite jiu-jitsu match? Like, you've beaten some really high-level guys. You beat Cody Steele, uh, Kyle Bame, Victor Silverio. Like, is, is there one match that you felt, like, elevated your status as a jiu-jitsu competitor? Mm, it was either that one I, I said at East Coast Trials against the um, Tristar dude. Or Victor Silverio. That match was dope, man. Especially getting to throw strikes and stuff with him. And, like, I've got Homolo over there yelling at me and shit. You know what I mean? Or yelling at him to, you know, do shit against me. I, I thought that was pretty cool. That I rewatched cool. it uh, earlier today. And it was just, it was so crazy just to see, like, the guy on bottom just throwing slaps at the guy on top. It was awesome. <laughs> Everyone should watch that match. It's super, super fun match. Um, what are the, are you allowed to, you can only throw the strikes when you're on the ground, right? Yeah. You can't have like a one-two double leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang. Well, that's that's crazy. I I uh I thought about combat jujitsu like, I was like, man, like this this is actually like got a huge showing. This is on UFC Fight Pass and it's combat jujitsu. I remember um, I remember seeing it and thinking, are they like actually just throwing slaps like the whole time on the feet? But I'm glad I got that confirmation because that would be crazy to watch if someone just do a left hook slap and knock someone out. Can yeah, you, like, right. Knock, like you could potentially knock somebody out, right? Dude, yeah, because like yeah. It, whenever people say slaps, it's like it's not slaps, it's palm strikes. Yeah, and it's like, palm strikes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like you can definitely. I I don't know about just clean knocking them out unless you're just like the baddest dude on the planet, but like you can definitely TKO somebody, like make them curl up. Yeah, well, I mean, if you throw this hard enough, like that, are you? Is there a specific rule? Like it has to be around. It can't be like a down because no, I would can, think that if I was be down. it, I would just throw it like it was a punch, and I would just put my palm in it. You know? Yeah, tr- trust me, dude. Both Victor and Nathan let me know they they did those <laughs> downward palm strikes on me, and like it did not feel good. Nathan, <laughs> like Nathan, especially, dude. I you know I I, I um you know. Being from Oklahoma, you know, I think people, like, on the coast, you know, I kind of, like, get this, like, stereotype that they're, like, hippies and stuff. And, you know, uh, when I went with Nathan, he, like, surprised the hell out of me. I was like, oh, this dude's a bad motherfucker, dude. And, like, throwing <laughs> these throwing these palm strikes and shit. It was, it was crazy. There was one where Wagner Hoshin made the final, and he TKO'd someone from Mount with palm Nathan. strikes. Nathan. Oh, it was Nathan. Nathan. That was the yeah. same event then, right? Okay. Yeah, he got on Mount, and Nathan couldn't get him off of him. He got TKO'd. Yeah, th- those were vicious strikes. He really went at him with the palms. <laughs> Wagner's a vicious dude too. Dude, yeah, Wagner's like one of the people I like love to watch the most. Man, you talk about a mean dude. And you know what's so funny? I actually I thought he was Brazilian, right? I don't know if he mm-hmm. is or not, but I totally like I went up to him at Jits King and I shook his hand and like I was like. My mom and Jake like speaking Portuguese to him, and he's like, "Nice to meet you." I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's "I'm Wagner." He sounds American. Yeah, I thought it was Wagner yeah. Hocha, like that. I'm like, "Oh, cool, he's Brazilian." And then he's like, oh, "I want nice to say to he is Jake. Brazilian, but but he's got a freaking like American accent. Like yeah. he sounds yeah. like American. He's American smile." As soon as I heard him, I was like, "Dude, what is wrong with me?" He's like, "Don't worry, everybody thinks I'm Brazilian." I'm like, "Okay, good," <laughs> like, because I'm embarrassed. That was funny. 
my the the friend that trains with fight sports that uh, trains with him is always like he's always talking so much crap in the training room, dude. It's so terrible. He's like beat me up and talking crap at the same time. I want to go in too. that training room. I want to go in that training room one time. The next time I'm in Florida, I'm gonna go down there. Me too. I'd love to train there. <laughs> and, uh, what area of Oklahoma are you guys based in? Down at uh, uh, Triton, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Awesome. There's only like two big cities in Oklahoma. It's either Tulsa or Oklahoma City, so it's kind of easy to remember. Are they far away from each other? Uh, two hours. Oh, okay. So not horrible, but understandable. Yeah, we yeah. have like whenever in Arizona, when everybody has, anybody asks where I live, they're always like, "Oh, where where in Arizona do you live?" And I'm like, Mesa. They're like, I'm "Like, dude, just Phoenix, like 20 minutes of, away from Phoenix." It's Isn't that where at, we competed at? It was Mesa. We competed Scottsdale. in Scottsdale. Oh, uh, okay. We competed at a cool venue. Now we compete a lot. Oh no. It was Scottsdale. It was at it the was Victorium. Scottsdale, but it was at the Victorium. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Westworld's better. Westworld's a cooler venue than than the Victorium, in my opinion. I think the Victorium is okay, but it's just I like I like Westworld. It used to be at an event where there was like stadium seating, and then there were the ground seats. So like you could you could see really good even if you didn't have a ground seat. And now everything's on the same level, and the stage is elevated. Where it used to be, you were looking down onto the stage. So yeah, it looked like cool. a small and it was a horse racing rink. So it was like sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Dang. So, uh, Danny. So, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered everything. Did you have any other questions, Jake? I don't. I don't. Okay. I wanted to take this time to uh, let Hunter promote anything he wants to promote because, uh, like I said, we have Submission Underground coming up. I'm really excited to see you go out there and take it to him. Um, I really think that this is – you have a good, uh, a good draw in this bracket, and I know that you've been fighting a lot of MMA lately, dude, and you've been training really hard, even in, probably in the midst of the quarantine. Um because you just you just one of those dudes that I feel like uh, is pretty intrinsically motivated to become great. So I'm really looking forward to you, to you going out here, dude. I mean, ever since we met uh, a long time ago, I made sure to keep up with you because I knew that you were going to be doing some big things. So uh, Hunter Colvin is going to be fighting at Submission Underground 15, the $10,000 cash prize tournament, open weight, weight range 170 to 270, uh, and a shot at Craig Jones. Dang, Craig Jones. That's a question I maybe I'll maybe I'll ask. What do you think about uh what do you think about Craig Jones game versus versus your style? I'd like to go, man. I, I've only ever been leg leg locked uh, once in competition. So I mean I know Craig Jones is more than just a leg locker, he's great, but like I think my style would do well against him. Um you know, why not? Like what do I have to lose? Like I think I could bring it to him. That's a big one. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Go out there and just beat him. And if you lose, then that was you tried you know i mean like like look at craig himself like you know he beat leandro and like no one thought he was gonna beat leandro and like became craig jones and like he didn't even have to beat gordon like he just almost beat gordon and like that really like elevated him up to this like level he's up Mm -hmm. yeah that's very true and submission Uh, underground will set up a tournament and the winner will face you if you beat craig (laughs) yeah right that'd be sick can you imagine i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speak into the universe yet uh yeah you pretty much run the show don't you why don't you just let me get on dude oh yeah because i (laughs) tell him to take tell him to take me out of the bracket and just put me in a super fight against craig (laughs) hey you know heather uh ever since i beat micah because i beat micah and then they didn't offer me no more fights because i asked him i was like hey i it cost me a lot of money to go to submission underground by the way like i i it cost me like a thousand dollars to come here <laughs> because I had to fly myself, pay for my own hotel. Like this was this sucked. This was you guys didn't pay me. You gave me a medal. Like can I, <laughs> have can you seen I, the medal uh, though? 
Uh, dude, the, I don't know where it is, bro. Like it's somewhere. Maybe it's gotta it's be somewhere. a nice. It's gotta be a nice one, right? No. <laughs> Awful metal. It's like the worst metal ever. It's uh, going to like come up with ten grand. Jake just gets a medal. No, it's just some dainty little metal. Like you can get it from like a kid's soccer game. Did I just find it? I thought I totally just found it like first try. It's probably not gonna find it before before. Jake's got uh, like a whole tub of medals like right by him. I do, dude. I had my Xbox on top of it. I have this. I have this old. These old medals from uh like 2017 in this box. And it's really heavy. <laughs> so I'm gonna look for it while Danny asks you a couple more questions before I become this before this becomes stupid. Yeah, if you just want to go ahead and then promote any of the events coming up outside of Submission Underground, like your MMA fight and stuff, or any sponsors you want to thank. Yeah, just three uh, things to promote. Uh, the Submission Underground, obviously, this Sunday. Come watch. It, it's on UFC Fight Pass. It'll be good, guys. It's like one of the best brackets I've ever been a part of. Um, then I go back to the MMA world August 7th. You can watch that on UFC Fight Pass as well, Extreme Fight Night. Um, don't have an opponent yet, but we'll have one soon. And then we are doing a little tournament at Brothers Jiu-Jitsu, my gym. And um, we're going to have like a little eight-man ourselves. We do it every year, and Keith Krikorian's going to be in it. He's the reigning oh, champ. Awesome. Awesome. He's coming back to defend his title against some of the local guys and some guys from around the Midwest. Uh, that'll just be on my Facebook page. We're just going to live stream it there, Hunter Colvin. So, you know, follow me and, you know, watch, you know, an ADCC veteran go against some guys. And uh, it should be a good tournament. He's uh, I like watching Keith. Uh, he's a great competitor. Yeah, he's great. And if you need anyone to commentate that event, me and Jake are uh, looking to commentate. So, <laughs> yes, we've actually been looking uh, very we're looking to really push on push that. Because I, like I'm a competitor, you know what I mean. I really want to continue to push for my Black Bear World Championship, which is my competitive dream, um, and everything else. But I, I I really feel very motivated to uh, try to make jiu -jitsu, give jujitsu the media it deserves. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, and uh, I'm really excited for that, dude. Uh, I know that you guys is it called Brothers because you run it with your brother. Uh, Jams picked the name. It's his gym, um, mm -hmm. but uh, basically like the whole unity thing. You know what I mean, brothers. That's really too. cool. No, it's very very cool. I uh, uh, I I really like uh, when names like, because that's got to be a very cool place for somebody to go and like because I mean when you go to just a gym and you get stuck, it's your family. And if mm. you're able to perpetuate that with a name and make people feel comfortable, that's really really cool to do. Thanks, man. Um, so is that your main goal is to win a Gi World title? Or a no gi yeah. title. A gi I realized I realized this last weekend my no gi game is uh not that good. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Um it's just I just struggled. Uh I, I don't have a no gi program in my academy. Mm. Um so my uh, my main aspiration is to win a gi world title, but mostly I want to leave a unique legacy on this sport, and I know that Danny does too. And Danny and I started this podcast with the you know, with everybody in mind who doesn't get the representation you know what i mean like look at an athlete like you uh i don't want to call out flow or make it sound like i don't like flow i love flow everybody at flow is awesome but flow i mean you hear more about gordon ryan who competes once every six months seven months you hear more about him than you do about you and you are one of the athletes that are in mma and doing jujitsu and doing a stellar job at both so flow is supposed to create this image um, because they are the biggest media provider Jiu-Jitsu has. And I think that one day we will become the biggest media provider Jiu-Jitsu has based on how much we care about you guys. We care, we, like, you know what, man? Us, we're not supposed to be the main focus. I'm just a podcast host. So is Danny. 
you are the thing that people need to be paying attention to. You know what I mean? Well, we so appreciate goal, dude. we appreciate you guys, man. I like seeing like people that are actually like you know hardcore competitors and like in the scene at least. You know, trying to like cover some stuff because like like you said a lot. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Dude, that's up the metal. That's the metal. It literally it like my third grade soccer metal. <laughs> yeah, at least make it a l- at least make it a little thicker, god dang. Look at this look at this ribbon. This is a good tiny little Man, I'm gonna hang that up. I'm gonna hang that up in commemoration of episode number twenty seven with Hunter Colvin. That's a that's a horrible metal. Ah, it took me like forever to find that too. Yeah, that's all they gave me. That's it. <laughs> Well, I can't say I haven't been there too. So yeah, no, for sure, dude. Like sometimes you get that's like getting out of an amateur MMA fight right there. <laughs> yeah, I did an amateur jiu-jitsu match. Gotta say, it was a uh, it was worth it. I mean, it was cool. It got I got like to do some stuff with flow and everything like that. But it was still getting just a medal. Did you get any like CBD stuff from that CBDMD or anything like that? I got nothing. I got wow. not a thing. Not I even went, a t- I went not even arena. a t-shirt. Not even a t-shirt. Nothing, dude. Not a thing. Yeah. And like, I, like I, they mentioned, I'm sure Uncle Cheo means well. You know what I mean? I mean, you yeah, guys are getting blown out. No. No. I have a hat signed. Oh, wow. It's not up there. I have a hat signed by him, though. When was I was a like, kid. Was he like walking around and stuff? or like at the When pre, I was a like... kid, I went to oh. Rampage versus Rashad. At, oh, wow. Uh, that was UFC 114. Yeah, that's a sick fight. That was, well, it turned out to be a sleeper, but it was gonna be a sick fight. There was like yeah. so much hype, and then it turned to be one of the most boring matches ever, <laughs> um, which upset me. Uh, and he was in the crowd, and I was like, "Hey, Chelson and Chelson, it's so nice to meet you." He's like, "Oh, nice to meet you." And then I, I got him to sign my hat, <laughs> and I was like, "Good luck with the House of Representatives." He was like, "Oh, thank you, I appreciate that." <laughs> and then, uh, then he signed my hat. I was like, "Dude, Chelson and signed my hat." He had a big old from I think it was a fight with. With Anderson Silva, or maybe Nate Marquardt, we had a big old gash down his head after the fight, like right here, and he was all taped up and weird looking. I was like, holy shit, maybe that's Joe Sonnen. (laughs) (laughs) End the podcast uh, with your Chael impression. Oh, dude, he knows about it, actually. Chael does? Yeah, Heather told him. Heather told him this kid Jake has has an impression of you. All right, you got to do it for Hunter. Let's go. So when I look at this bracket, I see some athletes. I see a lot of athletes. And I saw on this show, the Open Guard cast, I saw Hunter Colvin. Now, Hunter was an alternate, but I really think, and this is just a prediction, he had a good shot at taking home a $10,000 cash prize. And that's uh, that's Chael Sonnen, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Yay! <laughs> that's uh, good, dude. Every time I do an impression, somebody gets mad. Like, Michael Sears didn't like it. <laughs> Michael Sears didn't like my impression of him. That was pretty funny. I just in the room. I was, I was like, like, "Hey, do it, Michael do it. Sears." I was like, "Hey, I'm Michael Sears," and I just did it one time. And he just, <laughs> what, dude? I we walked out. Like, <laughs> I was really? in the room with Roberto and Cody Steele, and I was like, he came up and he was videotaping on his story, like in front of my face. I was like, "Oh, hey, this is Michael Sears' story," and then he just turned around and walked out. And I was like, "Yes," <laughs> made him mad. <laughs> that was funny. Well, uh, Hunter. We want to thank you so much for coming on, man. That, this has been an awesome podcast. We really wish you all the best. We're really excited to watch you compete. I'm definitely um, going to rebuy my UFC Fight Pass subscription because I remember that I canceled it. Or I'll just go to Danny's house. Um, <laughs> I might just do I might just do that. Um, 
because Danny has a piano at his house. That's unrelated. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to watch you on UFC Fight Pass at Submission Underground for a shot at the $10,000 cash prize. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Make sure to follow Hunter on Instagram at Colvin335. Keep up to date with all of the MMA stuff because he's going to be big in both Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. Here at the Open Guard Cast, I'm going to let uh, Danny shout out our sponsors and the people who love us and that we love. So like Jake mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Electrum Performance, you can use our coupon code OpenGuardCast25. Uh, for 25% off any of their programs. They're always adding new stuff to their website, so just go on and, and check out what they have and make sure you do that periodically because they're always adding new stuff. Um, Agro Brand, who designed our logo. Uh, High Tier Photography, Break New Ground, Marcio Andre Jiu-Jitsu, Mark Abba BJJ, and uh, definitely check out subspectrum.com to get all the details on the BJJ Woodstock event, August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And I'm going to lobby to get Hunter on that one, too, just in case. Yeah, yeah, you definitely on should. That one. They're looking for, be, for applicants. So We are going to be commentating the first half of that show, uh, confirmed by Jordan Jitsu, and that is going to be uh, Open Garcast's first time joint commentating. I've commentated uh, the semifinals of Jits King, and I uh, will be commentating a show before this um, this BGJ Woodstock. We really hope that you get on there, too, because it would be cool to commentate one of your matches. And um, Yeah, everybody. Follow us, follow Hunter Colvin because shit's about to pop off this weekend. I don't want to say nothing. You guys do a great job. This is easily like the best podcast I've ever been a part of. I hope you guys excel and like you know keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank, Thank you. you so much. That, that means, means so much. Yeah. Hey, you have no idea how much that means to us, man. Really. Thank you so much. We're definitely gonna have you back on. Thanks, guys. Thanks All everyone right. for listening. That was episode 27 of the Open Guard Cast with Hunter Colvin.